0: You're about to hear a message from our lead pastor, Michael Signorelli. Prepare to go, be one. You know, when I look at that word overwhelming, see to be overwhelmed means to lose control. There's some people in this room that under the weight of God's glory and his nature and his presence, you begin to lose control. You just throw your hands in the air and you're saying, I don't care what it looks like. I don't care what anyone else thinks, but I'm being overwhelmed by his love. Every single week, there's people who tell us stories of just being overwhelmed by his love and encountering him in such a real way, it makes it so hard to deny that he is who he said he is come on let's just pray father I thank you right now for your presence for your spirit Lord you are not done what you started you are gonna finish your reckless tenacious love has just literally run after us chased us down and overwhelmed us today father I thank you that it's your love that does the impossible Lord I thank you that the best is yet to come and Lord Sometimes you don't wake us up from the nightmare. Sometimes you change the dream. Change the dream right now. Change the dream. Somebody's getting a shift in their purpose right now. Change the dream. Change the dream, Father. Change the dream, Father. Change the dream. dream. I thank you for calling us for open visions during worship for us seeing the fullness of what you have for us and knowing there is a reason why we got fought so hard our entire life, because we were bearers of your image and of your divine purpose. And Father, I thank you that today whom the sun sets free is free indeed. And all of V1 Church said amen, amen. amen. Can we just give it up one more time? we got to be careful the movie theater is going to kick us out at this rate man megan just throwing down and giving that word and being faithful to speak what god gave her and this, this entire groups just on fire she had a vision before service of this flame that literally moved through the aisles from the front to the back and this flame just consumed people and i feel like megan we saw that happen during worship but how many of you know you're a little more than halfway through we still got more to go today so why don't you do this on your way down to your seat why don't you look to the person next to you and say man you look better than you came (laughs) and you can have your seat that. All right. Can we put our hands together just one more time for the teams, the dream team who is up at 6.30, six in the morning, getting ready, loading in. Every We have an amazing church. You know, if you're a first, second, third time guest, you're new, you might be like, does he always sweat that bad? Is it a disease? How can I help him? Why does he wear long sleeves? <laughs> you know how you just, I used to be a high school teacher. Do you believe it? Yeah. Some of you are like, you're a nerd. Of course we believe it. Um, and kids would notice like everything. so I realize you hide nothing on stage. Um, but I just sweat because on the inside, I'm an 86 year old full gospel black preacher. And I keep trying to tell everyone that and, and the sweat just goes with the territory because I and mean, if you're doing your job right, you're sweating. But I miss my wife. Does anyone else miss Pastor Julie? I miss her. She's like my tag team partner. Um, yeah, I know.. Uh-uh. She's going to listen to the podcast, so I'm just doing what I got to do for some extra credit, you know. (laughs) Thanks for, (laughs) oh man. Um, We're going to get into the Bible, so I prefer a physical Bible. I'm kind of old school. I I just believe that it's holier. I don't know. Um, I I just feel that I get all these text messages and all this stuff that barrages my phone while I'm trying to read the Bible on my phone, so I just said, I'm not even giving you that territory, devil. I don't know if it was him. I I blame him for a lot. Um, but we're, while you guys get your Bibles together, and we've got some Bibles on the way, we gave out so many in the last several months that we're they're they're gone. So uh, if you want, download the app for now. No shame in that. We got people who take notes. No shame in that. If you see a phone glowing next to you, they're probably just feverishly taking notes. The first one says, "Miss your wife." I don't even know why they wrote it. They just wrote it. Um, but okay, let me tell you a quick story. Um, I got a friend named Indio. Indio is one of those guys that is such a good husband that you hope he doesn't tell stories around you and your wife because he's always going to make you look bad. And he's Latin, so he's literally like a Latin lover, you know? Like, he's all the cliches, you know? Like, his posture's like this, you know? And he's like, his name's Indio. Even his name, Indio, you know? So... Indio is a is a pastor now at Road to Life Church, and and how many of you guys enjoyed seeing our my pastors at least Dave and Vanessa Gargano. Uh, the launch team remembers them from the live stream. And I'll say I am kind of having a surreal moment right now because uh, this church, for those of you who are new, it started as a group of New Yorkers watching a live stream of my Indiana church. And they outgrew a house, so we brought them to the movie theater. And then we kept going down the hallway to bigger and bigger theaters and, you know, just growing it. And just to see the house full today, it's just like, man, when we were in the the house house on Long Island, annoying all the neighbors and playing loud worship music and parking cars all over. And, you know, like who parties at 10 a.m. Like V1 church does, baby. We turn up. What time are we turning up? 10, 10 p.m. No, 10 a.m. Uh, mic job. <laughs> you know, and so it's surreal to see just what God's doing here. And uh, so anyways, you know, as as indio actually took my job he's with the interns and everyone at road life he was telling me this story about how his wife loves to get a foot massage from him and he's talking about like man i really he's like and he says in this latin accent which i'm not even going to try you know but he's like you see what i do is no i'm just kidding (laughs) He's like, I get it. And he's just like meticulously recounting how he gives his wife an intense foot massage, which is a weird experience to communicate to another male friend. You know, it's like weird. And but while he's saying the story, besides thinking, Indio, this is weird. I also was thinking, I don't know in over 10 years of marriage if I've ever actually done this. And I'm thinking like, if his wife likes foot massages, maybe mine does, too. But then I have this other thought of, this might go really wrong, because when you've been married for a while, it's like, you know, you have expectations. So I set up a hidden camera, because that's how we roll. And I had the camera in the corner, and I I was like, you know, I'm gonna try to massage Julie's feet and see what happens, because this is so outside of my realm of husbandry. In the book of Mike Signorelli Husbandry, Mike Signorelli Husbandry, there's no chapter on foot massages. So all of a sudden, I set up this camera, and I, and I hit record. and Then I'm kind of going around the house. And then I, I go over there, and I'm like, you know, babe, I just want to talk to you for a little while. So I kind of get down by her feet, like I'm kind of working up to it. And then I just start, you know, rubbing her feet and whatever. And then all of a sudden, the conversation goes, and she looks at me, and she's like, are you okay? <laughs> I have this on film. She's like... And I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. I'm rubbing her feet. She's like, no, no, seriously, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah. And then she, then she gets mad. Like first it was concern. Now she's, now it turns to anger. And she's like, what did you do? (laughs) Now that I'm guilt, now I'm feeling guilt. Cause I'm like, this is who I am as a husband. So then, so then I'm like, what are you talking about? She's like, you're massaging my feet. You're rubbing my feet. Like, what did you buy? And I'm like, nothing, babe. I paid all of our bills like a good husband. And then she's like, and then that, when I said that, she goes back to concern. She's like, are you sick? Like, is it terminal? Like, this is all on video. Her mind went to, I just want to follow my logic, okay? My husband's rubbing my feet. He bought something he shouldn't have bought or he's terminally ill. And the funny thing about that is you can be the kind of husband who's like, I think I'm doing all right. Which so he's like, hey, what kind of husband do you think you are? I think I'm all right. <laughs> Go try to rub your wife's feet tonight and that will give you a gauge of how good of a, or bad of a husband you are. Um, but Julie had expectations about just the way that we do life and it wasn't divorce status or anything, but there definitely, it didn't require massaging her feet to stay married, so I didn't do it. And <laughs> why don't we just end the sermon right here? It's over. If I did end it right here, like some of you guys, this was the most convicting sermon you ever listened to because you just realized that the same thing would happen to you. And then the women, if I ended it right here, some of you would just be like, that was the greatest message I ever heard in my life because I would also like to partake in these fears. And then all the single people are crying already before the altar call because they're like, I wish somebody would let me touch their feet. (laughs) Am I right? Any single people in the house? By a show of hands? By a show of hands? Okay, look around, look around. All right, that, okay, put your hands down, creepers. <laughs> Everyone's like, they, they check in on Facebook. <laughs> V1 church searches are up thousands of percentage points right now. They check in. I'm not a comedian. I'm a pastor. I only make you laugh one time in every message. It's usually at the beginning. Am I right, Evan? Evan? And then it's 35 minutes of just screaming and foaming at the mouth. You know, those of you who know, I wait till you like me and then I get you. All right, we're going to look at 2 Kings. So open your Bible, tap your screen. Something Paul never thought he would hear hear in his life. Tap your screen and go to 2 Kings uh, chapter 6. And we're going to start with verse 15. We're going to talk about a man, a holy man. His name was Elisha. And Elisha uh, wasn't perfect, but Eugene Peterson calls him holy, a holy man. And you could be a holy man and not have to be a perfect man. You could demand respect and honor in your life and do what God called you to do and still not be a perfect person. And I like, I like, I like that term holy man that he uses in the message translation. But for those of you taking notes right now, the, the title of this message is, and somebody helped me out with this last week, Spiraling into control. Maybe your life is spiraling into control. Can I just submit to you this morning that in the midst of the chaos, in the midst of the fear and the anxiety and the worry and the bills that are stacking up and the marriage that's not working out and the singleness that's leading you to sin, well, maybe your life is spiraling into control because maybe you're not in control, but the one who's in control is going to work it all out. He might even do it in the next 25 minutes, who knows. Verse 15 says, "Early in the morning, a servant of the holy man got up and went out. Surprise! Say surprise! surprise! Horses and chariots surrounding the city. The young man exclaimed, "Oh master, what shall we do?" He said, "Don't worry about it. There are more for, for, there are more on our side than are on their side." You know, it's funny because have you ever gotten a surprise before? Like, have you, have you already swiped your card at Starbucks and then you get the text notification from Chase Bank that you just bounced your account and it goes, surprise! <laughs> Am I the only one that's done that? You know, H- have you ever gotten a phone call from a loved one thinking that they were just checking in and they were telling you that they got a diagnosis? Surprise! That's the kind of surprise that, that this guy got. I mean, have you ever had a surprise like that? I mean, if you haven't, just live a little bit longer. It's going to happen. And if it doesn't happen, it might be your last surprise if you've never been surprised. All of a sudden, they look out into this terrain and they see this army is assembled against them. What, I mean, what's your army that's assembled against you? What is it the thing that you struggle with? What is the thing that you're dealing with? And and it's not just one thing, but it's another thing and another thing. And it just begins to add up to the point where it's so numerous. See, some of us, the fear and the worry and the doubt and the anxiety that we struggle with is, it's not the one thing. It's like, Pastor Mike, I can handle that thing. But it's this thing and this thing and this thing. And it's all those things together. And it just overwhelms me. Am I the only one? Can we just make a commitment for the next 25 minutes that we can get real with each other? Yeah. Can we just make that commitment? Okay, it's, it's okay. At another church, you might not be able to talk back during the message, but you can talk back to me. Because in this place, those of you listening to the podcast, it's the total sum of all of it that overwhelms you. Which is why I think it's so powerful when we sing that song, it's the overwhelming love of God, because we give God the rights to a word that he should have owned the whole time. And we say, it's your overwhelming love overwhelming me, not that other stuff. That's why that song, I think is so powerful for this generation. As we begin to sing it out as a church, something begin to happen in this place because we're changing the direction and intention of the word Overwhelming. And we're saying, overwhelm me with your love. I love this. The young man explains, oh, master, what shall we do? And then he said, don't worry about it. There's more on our side than on their side. And Have you ever had that friend who just, in the midst of the worst crisis in your life, is like, oh, no, it's no big deal. It's all good. Don't worry, man. Have you ever had that friend before that you're just like, okay. You're barely holding it together. Okay. Or you get mad at their response. What do you mean it's okay? You know, have you ever had this problem before? And it's like we deal with that situation. And what I love about this is Elisha says this. Don't worry about it. There are more for you. There's more on our side than is on their side. But then Elijah prayed. Say, then he prayed. Now, what would happen if this would be your response when you're overwhelmed? Then he prayed. But see, a lot of times our prayers are, God, give me, give me, give me, give me those are those are okay prayers to start with but let me tell you a kind of prayer that a prophet prays see because religious prayers are are they're disconnected from relationship with god so religious prayers are like oh if you thou can pass to the hand on the and you're like please please right and you're so disconnected from him as god the father that it just comes out in the weirdest way and. And you're just hoping he gives you something. But when you pray the kind of prayer that a prophet prays, you declare a thing and watch it happen. You speak a new reality and a new existence. And you say, this is what's getting ready to happen. And see, V1 Church isn't too good at the religious prayers. I mean, a lot of us here in this church tried really hard to be pious and religious. And you see how that worked out. But we are good at connecting with the Father and saying we know him. In this house, we are a friend of God, and we, cry, we pray prophet prayers, and it says this, O oh God, open his eyes, let him see. The eyes of the young man were open, and he saw a wonder, the whole mountainside full of horses and chariots of fire surrounding Elisha. Somebody say, Surprise! Come on. What if I told you that God is holding the last surprise for you? What if I told you that there's one more surprise? See, he encountered this army that he couldn't defeat on his own and went back to the holy man and said, holy man, what are we going to do? And the holy man said, I'm not even worried about that because what you're seeing is only half of the reality. There is a whole nother dimension that God can open your eyes to because if you could see what I see from where I see it, you wouldn't even be worried either. And there's two reasons why Elisha would have responded like that. Either he's stupid or either he's spiritual. And sometimes when Pastor Mike or somebody else gives you a response that you don't understand, maybe I see something you don't see. Maybe we have a spiritual dimension that your eyes can, can be open to. You know, every single Sunday... I get texts and phone calls, and it happens. A lot of people do this. They say, Pastor Mike, during worship, now you're going to think I'm weird. You're going to think I'm crazy. And I'm like, Have you, do you realize how crazy we already are here? <laughs> you know, like, we went all the way in on crazy already, so don't worry about that. And I'm a pastor, and sometimes people think that communicating spiritual things to me is going to be weird. I'm like, you understand I'm a pastor, right? <laughs> like, my whole world is this realm. <laughs> and they said, during worship, I had an open vision, and I saw this, and God revealed this, and I never had that happen before. It was never that real in any other experience I had. And then the next person says, and the next person, until I realize that God's doing something in our midst, what He's doing isn't taking away from the validity of what you see, but He's adding to it. And I think there's a lot of churches, there's a lot of pastors that maybe would say to try to diminish what you're seeing, to try to belittle what you're seeing, to try to, you know, to try to diminish what you're seeing that's producing this fear in your life. And you know what I'm here to tell you? You can have that visual. I'm not here to tell you that the thing that's producing anxiety and fear in your life isn't real, but there's more to be seen and there's a greater reality. And see, when you only have half the picture, you don't have the right to call it reality with a capital R. And I think what was happening was this guy's report was right, but it was 50% right. And high school teacher Mike Signer would tell you that 50% on a test is still a fail. And so, if all you can report is 50% of what you're seeing in your life because you don't have a connection to God in the spiritual realm, your vision has failed. But God is here to give you the other 50%. He's here to say, surprise. Can somebody say, surprise? Man, it takes a prophet to preach this kind of sermon because you can't say these things. This isn't the power of self-help. This has to be a supernatural vision. And somebody is getting ready to get free in this place. I want to read you guys something. This is what God's getting ready to do today, okay? This is the banner over this message. He's getting ready to turn your suspense into surprise. Surprise. He's getting ready to turn some of your fears into faith, and some of your disappointment into destiny appointments. That's what's getting ready to happen today. Smith Wigglesworth, one of the heroes in the faith, this guy had medically documented documented uh, raising people from the dead and crazy s- scenarios in the twentieth century. He said, "Faith speaks, and fear jumps." And it's time to speak faith. When Elijah said, oh, no, there's nothing to be worried about. He said, he didn't even say, God, strike down that army. He didn't even say, God, take this army and vanquish all that stuff. He actually said, hey, change his perspective. And ain't that just like God to sometimes not even make the problem go away, but his prayer for you is change your perspective? How cruel is that? Why are you going to do me like that? I just want you to write the check and float it down. I'll catch it, God. And God's like, here's my prayer from you. I'm I'm interceding in heaven. i I got your back. I've got good spiritual leadership in your life. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to open your eyes. What? I'm going to change your perspective. And you know why it was so important for this servant under the prophet to have his eyes open and his perspective change? Because that wasn't going to be the last army that they face. That's revelation right there. And so sometimes in your life, when you ask God, God, why did you choose to open my eyes instead of choosing to take it away? He's like, Because fool, that is not the last battle you're gonna face in life, and it's you that needs to grow. That's the way he talks to me sometimes. He, he's a good, good father. Here's what God's going to do. For those of you taking notes, you can write these down. There's three things that, that, that happen when you make these kind of prophet prayers. Number one, God's primary miracle is to change your vision. Man, I love that song, Amazing Grace. Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound. What's it say in that song? I was blind. And then now I see all salvation. Some of you who are theologians were like, this is bogus. This is a bad word. The number one thing that God does miraculously is save us. But he has to change your vision before he does it. Because to somebody who hasn't had a vision change, this is all foolishness. And some of your friends and family, you've tried so hard to convince them. No, I promise. It's amazing. It's powerful. I wept. I cried as that man preached. I accepted Jesus. It's the greatest thing that ever happened in my life. They're like, "I I don't get it. So number one, God's primary miracle is to change your vision. Number two, a change in vision creates a change in expectation. If God can change your vision, he can change your expectation. Have you ever had an early morning flight? If you don't consider yourself an early morning person because your vision for that day changed, baby, you are waking up that day and you are fired up for life. You know, I'll tell you what, Julie and I used to have a 200-mile distance between us when we were dating, and I used to think a four-hour drive was a long time until I had a bay waiting for me four hours away, and suddenly my vision changed, which changed my expectation. We's going to make out. Somebody's getting spiritual. Number three says a change in expectation makes a change in your action. So because I expected, man, if I can, that little five foot two girl, Northwest Indiana, if I could drive four miles to see her, I've got an expectation. I'm going to do whatever I can to marry that woman. And it changed my action. But see, here's how God does this. You come into this place, you begin to sing these songs, and all of a sudden this miracle of sight and vision happens. You begin to see something for your life. And then two, now now that your vision has changed, all of a sudden your expectation, like, wait a second. If I'm not dead, maybe I'm not done. Wait wait a second. If God healed Mike and Julie's ministry and, and healed their marriage, maybe I have one too. All of a sudden, my expectation starts to change. Wait a second, maybe I'm not always going to be on that medication. Wait, wait a second. I watched someone else transform their body, and FitOps is launching. Uh, maybe I can get in there with enough enough love and, and physically change in a way that I, your expectation begins to change. And what happens in a church like this? This is the very lifeblood of a good church. Is that vision from God from heaven begins to be poured into you, and that it changes your expectation, and then the actions begin to change, and you begin to look at people and say. Isn't that that guy that I used to know? Well, I guess genetically is the same guy, but but spiritually he's changed and everything changes then. I've got to read you guys something. In Philippians chapter 4, verse 6, it says, Don't fret or worry instead of worrying, pray. Somebody say pray. It says, "Let petitions and praises shape your worries into prayers." Do you know that worry is malleable like clay, and that you can actually let your prayers and petitions shape it into something completely different? It says this: letting God know your concerns. Before you knew it, a se- before you know it, a sense of God's wholeness, everything coming together for good will come and settle you down god is in this place to settle you down your nerves are shot you've got anxiety all in your body and he's here to settle you down but you've got to work with the way he said to do it he said when you feel those things pray when you feel those things let your petition shape it into an expectation that changes your actions it says this God's wholeness, everything coming together for good will come and settle you down. It's wonderful what happens when Christ displaces worry at the center of your life. And some of you have had worry at the center of your life. It's in your gut. Your very existence flows from a place of worry. And isn't it wonderful when God says it's time to replace the batteries. It's time to replace the motor. It's time to completely reshape and reform. i got to read you one more thing. you all stand to your feet with me this is Jeremiah 33 3 it says come it says come and call to me and I will answer you I'll tell you marvelous and wondrous things that you could never figure out on your own let me say it again Call to me and I will answer you. I'll tell you marvelous and wondrous things that you could have never figured out on your own. Hmm. There's a point where everyone in this room and everyone listening to this message will reach the end of your intellectual prowess. There is a point where medical science will say in 2017, we have no answers. Seven billion people in the world could not figure out what to do with what you're dealing with. There will come a point where you have gone gone to all the psychiatry that you could and you feel like it has done nothing to break the root out of my life. And then there's Jeremiah 33.3 says, call to me. Oh, there's another phone call you're about to make. There's another word being released in your life today, surprise because when you call to me, I will answer you. I'm on the other line waiting for you to speak my name. I'll tell you marvelous and wondrous things that you could have never figured out on your own. You could have never figured out on your own. I don't want to discredit any of those fields. But if there's one theme that I want you to hear today and surprise me is that your life could in fact be spiraling into control. All the chaos in your life and the fact that you haven't been able to find the answer in a friend, that none of your friends have been able to do a good enough job of doing that friend thing they do when they take you out to Taco Bell and get you a Nacho Bel Grande and all your favorites and suddenly you feel better you know, that that, that the doctors couldn't do, that none of the correct concoctions and cocktails of medication can fix. And you've been wondering, like, why is none of that satiating? And why is that, none of that been the solution? Because it worked in another era, but you're stepping into this next phase where it's not working anymore. Well, let me just tell you, God is not gonna remove the army, but he's gonna say, surprise, and open up your eyes. And when you see who's really in charge, when you see who can really win the battle for you, you'll know that it's not by the strength and the horses of men or the chariots of men but by the power of a living god so with every eye closed in this place right now if you're here and you're saying that was me i need a surprise in my life i need to know that that god that i can call on him and he'll answer me i need to know that he'll tell me things that i cannot know and couldn't figure out on my own because i've reached the end of figuring it out on my own would you just lift your hand Come on nobody looking around there's so many hands in this place you could put your hands down one of the biggest surprises that you can get is when Jesus reveals to you in some way through the Holy Spirit that he is who he said he is and he's real. If you're here and you've just been saying, man, I don't even get all of it. I don't know the Bible like I probably should or could. And I I don't really get it. But one thing I do know is that I encountered something real and I'm ready to accept Jesus Christ for the very first time today. With every eye closed, would you just lift your hand right now and say, I want to accept Jesus in this place. Can you just keep your hands up right now? Come on, there's so many people. You put your hands down. So here's what we're going to do. Worship band's going to help me out with this because we're going to make a moment. It's deliverance time in this place. It's freedom time. We've got the prayer team on both sides right here. We're not even going to wait. I'm just telling you right now, God's going to do it. We got a little bit more time on contract, and Regal's going to let Jesus move for a second. Is that all right, Regal? Okay, they didn't say anything. Okay, we're good. God wants to do something in your life right now. The prayer team is waiting for you. We're going to all pray together collectively. And then we're going to declare and sing this song about the overwhelming love of God. And if you look out in your life and you see an army and you feel like that servant who says, I think we're going to die. I don't think I'm going to make it. It looks impossible. Then let me be Elisha right now and say, God, open their eyes because you're going to see it, and I'm not talking metaphorically, I mean spiritually and supernaturally. A new reality is going to take place in your mind. And so what we're going to do right now is we're going to pray. And then we're going to open up the altars, and if you want to come down and receive personal prayer to continue what God did during this service, we're going to allow God to do that. So will everyone just lift up their voice and borrow my words. We're just like Romans 10, 9 says, if you will declare with your mouth and speak it, God, he is Lord, he is master, he is king over everything, and that God raised him from the dead, and he's the Messiah, you will be saved. We're going to make that declaration as a family right now, and we're going to welcome all the new family members, because I saw so many hands all over this place saying yes to jesus which is why we do this every single week and you know that if you can have your eyes open spiritually the bible says that the angels literally join us in worship and they're just throwing a party circling around just believing that god is doing the miracle so will you just borrow my words and pray this prayer say heavenly father i receive your son jesus wash me clean make me new I give my life completely to you. Father, I thank you for the surprise. Open my eyes to see that you are for me and not against me. And I win. Come on, declare it, I win. I Say it out loud, I win. In you, Jesus. And everyone said, Let it be so, lift it up, come on. Thank you for listening. Your experience doesn't have to end with this message. Visit us online at v1.church and send us a message. If you would like to help V1 reach New York and beyond, download the V1 Church app for iPhone and Android and click Give. Join us this Sunday for our weekend celebration. Directions and info can be found on our website.